Mark Myroff here, crew chief of the 69S for John Lure in the UMSS. It's episode 68 of the Reaction Time Sports Podcast. We got a Daytona 500 preview on tap and much, much more here on episode 68. What's up, everybody? Mike Mueller, Mike on the mic. Bunch of dirt track hustle going on last week. Lucas Oil Late Models, World of Outlaws, Dirt Car, World of Outlaws, Sprint Cars, USEC, Extreme, and All-Stars coming right up. Episode 68, presented by Mueller Jewelers, live here in the TCB Speed North Studios. Like you hear in the opener, it's Mark and it's Mike. Me, Mike, Mark. Mark, Mike, me. What's up, Mark? We're back at it again. We got a lot of racing during the week. It's insane, man. Dirt Track Hustle, February. It's been nuts. Speed Week's incredible. There's racing. Every streaming site, every night. it's You're flipping back and forth. Oh, it's insane. And we got it on right now. Extreme Outlaw Series. Night a, two of this ordeal going down. Right. And it's been insanity. Dude, it's a bad month to be a AAA and a clicker. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you're getting wore out. The fire sticks are on fire. You know, usually we say beat them buttons on social media. You know, like, follow, subscribe to our pages. But not this time of year. It's on the clickers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Roku's are going off the shelves, fire sticks. Oh, man, it's nuts. Between Dirt Vision, Flow, Mav TV, YouTube TV. It's insane. YouTube highlights, dude. It's wild. Oh, my goodness. And on top of everything, the premise of this episode tonight. What's that? The official start to the 2022 NASCAR season. Oh boy, it's Daytona week. Daytona 500 on Sunday. I think we got the best guy in the business. Yeah, in we do. my opinion, hundred percent on this episode to preview it all. It's perfect. Talk about the upcoming season. Amazing. Talk about the Daytona 500. Absolutely. Maybe maybe make a couple picks. I like picks coming up here later tonight. Tim Shinion with the Racing Insiders. NASCAR 2022 preview and Daytona 500 preview on tap here on episode 68. But before we get to all that, Michael. What up, Mark? Thank God you didn't say Marcus or I probably would have booted you out the door. That's why I know. I know it's Mark. You stopped. Mark would have seen. That's right. That's right. I'm, thank you. Appreciate I've heard other people say it. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not I learned a- my lesson from, you know, the back step. The back step? Well, like, you know, I just, somebody says the rest of the mark. I just, I backstep up. Oh, yeah. We have you know to. What I mean? It's like a fire in my eyes. Just I know. All of a sudden, just, <laughs> what did you just say? Because the birth certificate does not say all of that. Right. So, 
I just making that clear in case anybody was wondering. I stopped over at my mom's for their Super Bowl party on Sunday, and the, one of her friends is like, "Oh, how's it going, Michael?" I'm Tuesday like, fun day, bro. I'm like, who's that? Who's Michael? She's like, "Oh, well, that's what your mom calls you." I'm like, "Yeah, it's about the only person." <laughs> but it's what your mail says, right? Michael H. <laughs> Michael H. Mueller. <laughs> what up? UMSS swap meet went down. Well, I guess it wasn't UMSS swap meet. It was the Mastel Brothers swap meet went down on Saturday. Yep. I unfortunately didn't attend. I no. was a little busy. No, good old Mastel Brothers trailer swap meet right there in Forest Lake, Minnesota. Get anything uh, good? Yeah. Picked up a couple DMI rear ends. <laughs> so that was a, got a heck of a deal and it worked right. out good. Yeah. So I got some wheel covers. So, got them in the uh, powder coat shop right now. There you go. Different color than black, so looking forward to seeing that. Is it going to be, like, some cool little, like, are they going to be, like, orange with, like, a white line that's, like, swirling so that we just all get, like, hypnotized by your bottom feeding at well, Cedar I, Lake Super Speedway Spa Resort and Casino? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I can do, you know, nice graphics on them because it's not like they're going to be down there beating the beadlock bolts off, you know, turn three wall or nothing. So No, they'll just be collecting mud from you running through the mud puddles down by the tractor tires that you just so love to make love to. Hey, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but no, I got, got a couple of them, picked up a power steering, a fuel pump bracket for dirt cheap. So that was cool. And that was about it. But there was a lot of, a lot of people there. It was packed. I got there at about eight 30 and it was a full house. All right. It's always a good time. I mean, on top of that too, we didn't get a chance to do it recently uh, or during the pandemic. We, you know, we've mentioned that there's all these kind of like little kickoffs or these little events that lead up and that are take part in our off season. Right. That kind of get us to April. You know, and the swap meet's always been one of them because, you know, in years past, it's go to the swap meet, hang out for a few hours, right? BS with everybody. Then we all kind of just trickle on over to the tavern, have some beers, have some laughs, play some rippies. You know, it's always a good time. I, I miss doing it this last weekend, but podcast right. obligations. Right. Yeah. When you're busy, you're busy. No, like, like I said, man, chili bowl, it's like, all right, I'm ready to start working on the car, getting things rolling. Then we had tool bingo, saw a lot of people last weekend. Absolutely. Now the swap meet, we're going to have the kickoff party with the banquet in two weeks. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up as well. It's ramping up quick. Before you know it, it's going to be first weekend in April. We're going to be racing over at Cedar Lake Super Speedway. Absolutely. And just like Mike just brought up, uh, don't forget, you can go and find all this information over on the UMSS Facebook page. The kickoff party at Rendezvous in Somerset, Wisconsin, February 26th, starting at 2 o'clock. Uh, the cutoff for getting payment in for pizza, that's that's a, that's done and over. So if you didn't get that 10 bucks in, you you no eat. You get no food. No food for you. It looks like you'll be a bar hopping menu. Bar hopping menu? You know I like what? a bar hopping menu. I mean, I like sometimes there's certain bars that I like to go to that I like their menus. But if it's a bar hopping menu where maybe I got like a six-course platter of bars that I'm going to hop around to, sign me up. Right. So let, let's go. Get on the shuttle. 26, 2 p.m., doubles tournament. For pool, 50-50, we will be there, RTS, microphones, hot, live, ready to find you, get you on, see what how your off-season went, talk about 2021, what's coming up in 2022, this is your time to shine, we will be set up, we'll have the table, the microphone, soundboard, computer, you name it, we're going to have it, do not be afraid, just walk up and be like, where's my five minutes of glory? Absolutely. And we'll give it to you, come on over, we just, whenever, we'll, we'll record it, any moment, doesn't matter. 
Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Look forward to seeing everybody and talking to them and seeing what their 2022 plans are. Hell yeah. It's going to be good. And as well, a lot of information over at the UMSS. Just like I said, kickoff party. Shirts still available. Uh, you can order through. Uh, there's a link on the UMSS post. Don't forget, $1 of every shirt that is sold. Going back to Gigi's Playhouse, which is a program for uh, Down Syndrome. Good cause. Absolutely. It's very cool. A lot going on there, so going to be good to see everybody here in a couple weeks this was kind of like the midpoint weekend until we're getting to this weekend because it's going down man it is on the podcast front we would like to welcome some new sponsors to the rts family here in 2022 yes we would hopping on board light speed equipment with donnie chilstrom pretty polished junkie nails for days they've got stick-on nails they got polishes they got a whole bunch of products jody cook you can go over there and find her on facebook instagram i think she also has a link tree as well pretty polished junkie uh so ladies we, we've got something for the ladies here on rts so if, if you're looking for nail products go to pretty junkie.com make it happen and then last but not least jj's outpost bar and grill in new richmond wisconsin just minutes away from cedar lake super speedway spa resort and casino it's a fun place. Been just, there a lot. Oh, man. Just had the tool bingo there. Yes. Good drinks, good food. Might be having something in the works coming up, uh, RTS affiliated. Not going to break the news yet on that, but might be something coming up there in the next month or so, so stay tuned for that. Thank you to all them guys for uh, coming on board with us in 2022. We appreciate you. We appreciate your business, and we look forward to a, a great year of uh, doing business with all these guys. I can't thank them enough. Yeah, absolutely. 2022 is going to be jam-packed. Thanks a lot for coming on and uh, keeping the mics on. And, of course, our returning sponsors, our sponsors that have been with us from day one, uh, coming back on board with us in 2022. Uh, can't thank these guys enough for uh, sticking with us. TCB Speed North. Scott King Designs. The Racing Insiders. Mueller Jewelers. Taylor Jolin Photography. DK Designs. Thank you guys so much for doing business with us. Thank you for jumping on board and trusting RTS, getting your business out there. We've got shirts on the works. DK Designs. Haven't seen them yet. I'm excited to see what he's coming up with. You know they're going to look good. Oh, man, I'm excited. You know, and and that's the cool thing. Our sponsors, as a thank you to them, we we're kind of doing a racing style theme shirt this year. That's going to be kind of like it's going to look like a crew shirt. It's gonna be badass. So you know, a big thank you to them guys. Get them some recognition. We we got stickers on order, so we'll have those again for drivers that want to put them on their cars uh, this coming season uh, for uh, RTS bonuses during the season. Absolutely. Uh, can koozies are on order again. As of right now, I know we're, we're probably going with black ones this year. Just, oh. yeah, the, the orange ones, they got, they got a little dirty. <laughs> the orange ones are badass. I do like the orange ones, They're but good. mine is basically full of Cedar Lake dirt. <laughs> oh, it's sure. Everything is that wants a Cedar Lake. <laughs> so, uh, right now, normal can koozies, but, we might be looking into can koozies that may fit your white claw. Slim can koozies? You're truly. What? Or these frosty Mick Ultra 95 calories because I'm trying to watch my girlish figure. Slim cans. 
Oh, so Mark, the skinniest guy on this side of the Mississippi is trying to watch his figure. Hey, man, I'm in my 30s now. 32 is creeping up here in a couple months. I got to watch it. Yeah, you do. And I'm not going to get a gym membership, so I got to make diet changes. Not unless they open a bar called the gym. Then you'll get a membership. You already, I mean, you're a punch card holder on local other establishments on Highway 8, so. Hey, it, you know. It is what it is, right? You got to do what you got to do. You know, it's trying to prolong my health. So, you know, if you got to switch off of one light beer to the other. Understandable. You know, I don't know exactly what the calorie count is on a Coors Latte. I'm like, I got to assume these make Delicious. A, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but now you're talking 95 calories in a Slim Can. You can't go wrong. No, Slim Cans are the best. And I think they taste better. For our Slim Can, uh, what, what, our Slim Can drinkers? Yeah. Whether Absolutely. It's, it's seltzer, Slim Can beer. You know, I like Slim Cans. You don't want to be known as a seltzer drinker because I get enough shit for being a you know White Claw. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a Chili Bowl. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Screw that guy. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, he was good. Cool. You brought him one and he drank it. You're damn right he did with his <laughs> pinky up. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with enjoying a White Claw. Slim Can Connoisseur. All right. There it is. A lot of action on the dirt. All week. It's it's been insanity. Everybody's kicking off. I feel like the offseason didn't even exist. Let's get to that right now here on the race day rewind. It's the race day rewind presented by the Racing Insiders, your one-stop pit stop for everything NASCAR, ARCA, Trucks, Xfinity, and the Cup Series. Head on over to the RacingInsiders.com or Go to the Racing Insiders on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. NASCAR. Cars. We're on track for practice. Now we're talking about practice. 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 Hot laps. Practice. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Two practices. Whoa. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is wild. Yeah, no kidding. The Fords absolutely dominated both practice sessions. Michael McDowell, top of the charts, Practice one. Last year's Daytona 500 champion. Ford's in the top five of that practice. Nice. Ryan Blaney, my pick. Gonna have a good day. Top of the charts in P2. Ford's in the top 10. All Ford's. Wow. Now, I didn't see session one. I did see some of session two. It looked like the Ford's were doing a lot of drafting practice. Okay. Uh, I didn't really see... Uh, the Toyotas doing much? I think some. I think the Toyotas did a little bit in P one. Uh, the Chevys, I think, we're doing a lot of single car runs, which is kind of Chevy's forte, if you want to call it that, uh, because they probably had the cars trimmed out, getting ready for qualifying tomorrow right. night. They're just pole chasing. Oh yeah, Bowman's going for his fourth in the last five years. That's pretty cool. That would be in, insane to watch. That's awesome. So not much going on on the na- on the asphalt side of things. Pretty quiet, but Daytona 500 practice tonight. Ford's absolutely kicking ass. Qualifying tomorrow night. That will set the front row for the Daytona 500. Duels on Thursday, and then we get going. Trucks Friday, Xfinity Saturday, and then the big boy, the 500, the Great American Race, Sunday afternoon, Going to be a lot of racing this weekend, man. I'm looking forward to it. Opening weekend, Daytona, it's always the best. What happened on the dirt? A lot of action, Mike. What do you got? Whoa, a lot of action. I mean, Speed Week's kind of wrapping up, but not really. But Dirt Track Hustle, man, it was busy. Lucas Oil Late Models. 
Again with the late models? Man, dude, garden sheds on wheels. Dennis Herb Jr. picks up the win last Monday, a seven-year drought from winning a Lucas race. He's the one-man band. It's just him and his old lady on tour, so pretty cool for him to win. Started up front, fell back a little bit, worked his way to the win. Awesome. Tuesday rained out. Brandon Shepard wins Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Three in a row. First one to do it since Josh Richards in the Rocket House car back in the day. So pretty damn cool for B-Shep. All I do is win. Then, Friday night, 15K, Devin Moran picks up the Lucas Oil Late Model Finale. He's been hot. He has been really hot. Ton of wins, ton of podiums, awesome. But Brandon Shepard is leaving the state of Florida with the Lucas Oil point lead over Moran and McCready. But Shepard is outlaw racing. Moran is a true outlaw, just going for the big money races. So technically, Tim McCready will be your point leader. Tim He's the only full-time Lucas last year's champion. Wow. War of all the late models kick off this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday back at Volusia with their makeup show. If you want late models in your life, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like Speed Weeks is not with late models. I mean, they've ran 15 Lucas Oil late model races in the month of February. That is insanity. I mean, like, I, I always give the, the late models a lot of crap right. on the show. Yeah. Race is racing. I, I don't care whether it's a bang bang or a school bus. Right. You know, racing's racing. You put four wheels on it, let's go. Exactly. Crank it it up. And if it's great racing, I'll watch it all day, every day. Yeah. So, I mean, sign me up. I mean, if there's no sprint cars, late models are the next thing. There's no late models. Well, I mean, if there's sprint cars and late models, I'm watching sprint cars. Absolutely. I like big right rears. Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) You're in a big right rears? Whoa. (laughs) Stop recording. Right. So, dirt car late models at Volusia Monday. Ricky Thornton Jr. picks up his first win of Speed Week. So RTJ. Pretty cool. He's won in everything. So, he gets the late model win at Volusia. Gets his first Gator. Nick Hoffman also wins a big Gator. He killed him last week at Volusia. He is lights out. He owns Elite Chassis. Modified. Dude's unstoppable. And follow him on Twitter. You will get a good laugh. He is hilarious. World of Outlaw Spring Cars. Greatest oh, show yeah. on dirt. Here we go. Thursday now we, now we night. Here we go. Black and yellow, uh, ten times champ. No, World of Outlaws, Nashville Nationals. No, Donnie shots. <laughs> Why? Kyle Larson runs second. Still has a water race. <laughs> yeah, just the drought continues. <laughs> He's like over twelve this year. Oh, it's terrible. It's over. And then Friday night, Outlaws Volusia might have been race of the year between Sheldon Brad Sweet. David Gravel. Gravel knocks a shock off halfway through. He was unstoppable. Sheldon Hotchild passes Brad Sweet and Gravel on the last lap. Pick up the win. It was amazing. Great freaking race. Race of the year candidate on the second night. Finale, David Gravel leads all the laps. Redemption from Friday night's crash. Picks up the Big Gator. First ever World of Outlaw win at Volusia. Pretty cool for him to get the Big Gator championship. As soon as they stick the microphone in his face, I'm back. Yeah, he's... uh, (laughs) They look good. They look good because Volusia's not his track. And for him to, you know, come away with a second, a fourth, and a first, first time ever getting the points lead, pretty dang cool for him. World of Outlaws return February 25th at Magolia and the 26th at the Rev. I don't know where any of those places are. They are in the South. USAC Midgets <laughs> kick off at Bubba Raceway. Bubba the Love Sponge, Justin Grant goes two for two, sweeps the Midgets. 
he was on fire. The what? <laughs> Bubba Raceway. The sponge. The love sponge. I guess he's a radio host. Really? Yep. Oh, okay. Pretty cool. Justin Grant. I mean, he just, he smoked him, man. He was fast. This coming Thursday, Friday, Saturday, USAC Sprints will be at Bubba Raceway Park for this coming weekend. So Yay. look forward to that. Right now, a lot of the non-wing guys are at Volusia for the Extreme Dirt Car Series, which last night... Thumbs up. Awesome. Thumbs up. Killed it. CJ Leary wins the first ever race. 37 cars in attendance. It was awesome. Them cars were fast there. They were sliding, banging the wall. It was it was pretty cool. I saw some of them guys right down there down there on the bottom of the fence. It was, it was awesome. Would have been a lot of fun to do something like that on that big of a track. Brady Bacon takes a big flip. Dennis Kyle breaks. Bacon has nowhere to go. Jumps his right rear. Huge flip for him. Other than that, it was it was decent. It was a good race. All the racing was great. The heat races were great. The invert, I like the format. Top 16 and passing points, kind of like what we do. So it was cool. Thumbs up, 100%. I completely agree. I think they're on to something here. Yeah. I mean, it's night one was incredible. It was great. Night two is currently on as we speak. Looks like they're getting ready to kick the feature off. Yeah. I mean, I think they're really onto something. I it still confuses me that I'm watching non wing on Dirt Vision. Right. You know, I mean, unless, you know, the World Outlaws are at Cedar Lake Super Speedway Spot Resort and Casino and we're the support class. <laughs> World Outlaw who? The good old days. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, I I don't know who's we should be running last, you know, fireworks, crowd cheering, you know, you know. Anytime the track is slicker, we should be running. <laughs> So you can just pedal the bottom. Oh, I love it. Jeez. No, I think it was great. Track's awesome. It was fast, but it's like Robert Blue said, oh, the place is fast. You know, you're going to get hurt. He's like, you know, you can get hurt walking across the street. It don't oh, matter yeah. where you are. Anything can happen anywhere. And a so. lot of times, I mean, you look at some of the, yeah, faster, more dangerous. It's like the slower pace wrecks tend to be worse. Right. So, yeah, you can get hurt doing, I could fall out of my chair right now and bust my ass. Yep, and a lot of the nasty crashes where guys end up getting hurt is the small tracks and the unsafe tracks. But Volusia, owned by World Racing Group, part of the you know World of Outlaw family, the place is awesome. They got it's a top notch facility, so they scraped all the dirt off, piles of dirt in the infield because it was so rough last week. So right. hats off to them and that whole crew for getting this track fast and getting the non wing cars out there and putting on a heck of a show. The season's getting going. It just started. We're still in Florida. Plus All Stars last night. Sunshine picks up first win. Right where, he, right where he left off last year, picking up a win, last year's champion. And then Corey Eliason picks up the win Tuesday night. So good for him to pick up a win after a big flip last last night, knocking down the wall. I think he knocked down three or four of the billboards there. Oh, so no. It was a big one. Redemption picks up the win, and uh, he's been fast. He's been getting good in the midgets. So I look for big things, big things for Eliason this year. Absolutely. Like all big three series, four series now. It's I've nuts. World Outlaws, Extreme Outlaws. USAC, Sprints, Midgets, All-Stars. All-Stars. Let's go. It's race season, man. It's nuts. Got anything else? That's all I got for the Dirt Track Hustle. The Dirt Track Hustle on the Race Day Rewind, presented by the Racing Insiders. Coming up next, it's the feature on the Reaction Time Sports Podcast, Tim Shinion of... Well, you just heard the Racing Insiders joined us. Little podcast magic a couple days ago. Absolutely. You know, that's just the miracles of podcasting. We can record whenever we want. 
We're live. We're not. We're the future. We're behind. We're live. You'll just never know. Tim Shinning of the Racing Insiders on episode 68, Daytona 500 preview, NASCAR season 2022 preview, picks, and much, much more. Coming up next here on the Reaction Time Sports Podcast. Hey, this is Mike on the mic with tonight's feature winner, six out of eight, Cam Schaefer. Cam, would you like to say anything? No, I mean, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> It's feature time. Let's go. Reaction time sports episode 68, which kind of is fitting with the clip. Winner six out of eight. Worked out perfect. Cam Shaver. Hey. You got anything to say? Uh, yeah. Cam was fast. Whooped our ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's going to do it here. Yep. See ya. Feature time. Tim Shinion. Of the Racing Insiders, dude knows more about NASCAR than anybody I know. He's good, man. He knows a lot. A lot of inside info. I was going to say, because I think that, I mean, besides you guys probably met at the track. Yeah, I've said hi to him before a couple times, just like in passing or nothing, but never got a chance to talk to him. And sitting down talking to him, it was it was cool, man. Learned a lot, and uh, it's pretty cool to see what he does. Oh, yeah. He does amazing things. A lot of great content. Tim's actually probably on his way down to Daytona as we speak. Lucky guy. He's going to be down there for speed weeks and all that stuff. He's going to be doing some cool content down there as well, which he alludes to in our upcoming uh, interview here. Right now, Tim Shinion for Racing Insiders. I've said it a million times, and I will say it again. Our next guest here on the Reaction Time Sports Podcast knows more about NASCAR than me and Mike combined in 25 lifetimes. I agree 100%. From the Racing Insiders, Tim Shinion. Tim. It's been a while since you've been here. What's up, man? Awesome. Well, it, it's great to be back. It's been about a year. I think we talked uh, about k- kicking off the 2021 season, and uh, we're just a few days away from uh, seeing the Daytona 500. Absolutely. A lot going on. A lot going on during the NASCAR off season. A lot to talk about. A lot to preview. But first, I just want to say, it's glad to see you back here in the great state of Minnesota. <laughs> we we kind of uh, alluded to it on our last podcast that came out, episode 67. Then we told everyone, we told the world that you were in L.A. for the Bush Light Clash. And then the plan was to have you in here on Monday, immediately following you landing back here in Minnesota. Your flight got delayed, and you got stuck in Vegas. Cry me a river. I guess so, yeah. I guess there could be definitely worse places to be, but I am here just right after uh, flying in. So I, I came pretty much straight from the airport, and um, yeah, it was a it was a great weekend, and uh, Vegas wasn't too bad to be stuck in. <laughs> I could I can I don't know if I could think of anywhere worse to be stuck. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. Oh, my flight got canceled. Oh darn! I have to stay in Vegas overnight. Oh, oh! There's a slot machine. Ooh, there's Wait, a slot machine. There's a slot machine. Mid mid afternoon naps, and then stay up all late to catch. Stay up all night to catch my flight. Count me in. There oh, you go. must have been rough. Well, we got to ask you about it. We already kind of recapped the clash on our last episode, but you were there in person. You saw the action go down. Tell us what you took away from the whole experience. We ended up uh, getting in there on uh, Saturday, and we uh, walked around the track. I talked to a couple people from NASCAR, and um, the energy 
just the very first day there was was very high, very exciting. Um, we were there right when the gates opened on Sunday. Fans were there, and you could just tell they they were all excited. And uh, I stopped and uh, did did some video interviews with some of the fans that were there or people who wanted to check this out for the very first time and why they decided to go check it out. NASCAR was reporting that roughly 70% of the crowd has never been to a NASCAR race before, um, and they sold, out of the 60,000 seats that were available, uh, roughly about, they sold close to 55,000 seats. So that is a huge new market that I think NASCAR has tapped into, and I think you're going to continue to see that grow in talking with a lot of the spectators that were there. Um, a lot of them are excited for Fontana two weeks later. I think the people who were there were very pleased with the outcome. I think they enjoyed the entire performance, the entire performances of from Pitbull and Ice Cube, and uh, ju- just the racing in general. I think it was a it was a great thing for NASCAR and everyone who was there to be able to see it. No, I completely agree. I think NASCAR nailed it on the head. I know there was a lot of naysayers out there that were totally against this whole idea. Um, kind of going back to our podcast again, our most recent episode, you know, me and Mike talked about it and, you know, people were like, this isn't NASCAR. This isn't what NASCAR do, what, what NASCAR does. It's like, well, history check. Let's turn the clocks back about 70 plus years. NASCAR started on short tracks. Yes. It may not have been in downtown LA, but. They started on short tracks. So, yeah, that was NASCAR racing. You know, right. you know, was there a halftime show back in 1940-something? Probably not. It, you have to, it's like, just like we talked about, you have to change with the times, and you have to change with the generation, and that's what generation we're in now. It's 2022. Mm-hmm. As in all professional sports, you know, uh, attendance is dropping. Mm-hmm. NASCAR is no different. Um, I think you need to give NASCAR drivers a bigger bane for their buck nowadays just as a society we want attention always i always uh, joke around because I, I work in television aside from you know the, the the nascar coverage that i do people want instant gratification um when it comes to watching their sports uh people want to see a big play every single time on the football field people want to see a home run every time going up to bat people want to see the big bump and run in nascar so i think trying to to continue to feed the audience that that type of excitement and that type of energy it isn't exciting for people to go to daytona and just watch the race and then go home you have all those extra fan stages you have the the trailers people can go meet and greet their drivers and do all that kind of different stuff um it it would have not been as exciting for the fans if it was just go there do a 150 lap race and go home I think the music, the the fanfare of it all, the qualifying races, definitely is what kind of you know made it exciting for the people to, watching. Yeah, for sure. I thought the heat races were awesome. The B mains were off, you know, incredible. But let's get down to the real question: Who was better, Pitbull or Ice Cube? <laughs> well, I the audience the audience absolutely loved Ice Cube, um, being from Compton and that side. Yes. People were not uh people were not as 
into Pitbull, being from Miami, I guess a different coast. Oh, right? no. But, uh, Some 90s beef still going down? More yeah, than likely. I East Coast, so. West Coast rivalry? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I think overall, I think I think everyone really, really enjoyed it out there. So, I th- I, To me, personally, you know, when you watch the two concerts, more people knew the lyrics to a Pitbull song. Ice Cube's on the stage. And I mean, these are bangers that he wrote back in like '95. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and I would probably guess that I don't know, 60, 70 percent of the fans that were in the stands were probably 25 years or younger. Yeah, I mean, it it was a very good mixture of of fans from from young to old. I would say the crowd reaction responded twice as more to 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 ice cube okay um i don't know what i saw what it looked like on the broadcast but i i know people definitely really enjoyed that 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 part of it so interesting i thought the broadcast was great what they did with ice cube i thought it was really good the pitbull i don't think was as good you know what they showed on fox and whatnot but well they kept going back and forth right so unlike with the whole ice cube thing they they stayed on it the entire time right Looking forward, where, where does NASCAR go from here? I I don't see them creating a, a halftime show during a race. I mean, the re, the a big reason why that was is they couldn't do live pit stops there. Right. They needed to fuel the cars. They needed to have tires. They only allowed roughly three or four crew members from each team to be there. I saw that. Um. So they they tried to make it cost effective for the teams. So they they needed to have a race break, and instead of just pulling them off the track for 10 minutes and doing nothing they decided to have a concert in that so i I don't think people have to be concerned with daytona or bristol or another track where the cars get pulled off the track for a halftime show i I don't i don't see that happening but i I do think nascar should continue to look at finding other entertainment things to have at a nascar race you know like a pre-race concert you know they always do that for like the daytona 500 just kind of continuing to find some of those types of things that are going to get people to go to the race. Maybe they might not go just for the race, but they're going to be able to find it to be to be a lot more exciting. Um, I know when I was going to NASCAR races at first, before I really started covering it, half of the excitement just from aside the races, meeting the drivers in the fan zone and being able to go walk around to the race haulers and see the the show cars. I mean, that was. You know, that's sometimes just as exciting as the race for a lot of people. So now what NASCAR did is they went to a great metropolitan city in L.A., huge amount of people live in L.A., and they say it's one of their bigger demographics that they have a hard time reaching just because the next closest track is Auto Club. Do you see NASCAR potentially, now that they saw the success of what they're able to do, at a football stadium do you start looking at like other stadiums down south i mean yeah the dallas cowboys stadiums enclosed but we run the chili bowl inside right right you know i mean that place is huge uh, lucas oil field in indianapolis i mean right why not i mean is this another thing do you think they start exploring these other options just to try to be creative like they were just a couple days ago and do something like this in the future and all of a sudden make the clash kind of like the touring deal which now they're just changing tracks with the all-star race now yeah yeah definitely so the the main person from nascar to kind of head the 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 schedule alignment and to try to work out these types of logistics is a uh, ben kennedy 
former Truck Series driver, former Truck Series winner at Talladega. Um, he was good. Yeah, he was. He was very yep. good. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, you know, he 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 said recently in an, in an interview a couple months ago that you know he, he's starting to look at what's the schedule going to be like in twenty thirty, and trying to find different options that NASCAR could potential race on. And I I don't, I don't think you're going to see another stadium other than the Clash. The Clash is expected to be there for the for the next two years after that it might be a little bit questionable i know um the 2028 olympics are going to be back in that stadium so i don't know if five month difference however there could be logistics there well nascar could be the next olympic sport exactly so i love that idea (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so uh we, we 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 definitely could see that i i think you're the next option you're going to see probably within Within three years, you'll, you'll see a street course. Nashville. I, could be Nashville. Could be Vegas. Um, Miami. Chicago is a very big, um, discussed uh, layout right now. Um, I know Formula One is trying to get into the States a lot more for mm-hmm. two street courses in Vegas and Miami. We might see that soon. Um, I think it would be amazing if we would see an F1 NASCAR doubleheader. Right, one of those types of tracks, and I'm sure that's something that both fan groups would would enjoy seeing. Now, the question of the day, though, is is if you have F1 and NASCAR on the same the same weekend, who headlines F1 or NASCAR? Yeah, that'll be tough. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess it was a little bit easier when it was IndyCar and NASCAR. Na- Nas- NASCAR that trumped did. IndyCar all day. Right. Yep. Correct. That would, that would be something for them to have to figure out, I guess. Well, well, like you said, hopefully there's two of them, and then you know one right. could headline one time, the other one could headline the other time. But yeah, true. Either way, I mean, think about a street race Saturday night for NASCAR. How cool would that be? That would be sweet. Yeah. That'd Down, be pretty pretty that, badass. Yeah. Like downtown, downtown Vegas. That'd be sick. Yeah, you're blowing the doors off of the Vegas Strip, blowing past the Bellagio. Some of them glow lights <laughs> underneath, like Tokyo Drift. Some of them. But, uh, it, you know, and one of the biggest things NASCAR is kind of stacked up against is, you know, there, there's there's so many tracks that they could race at. W- one of my favorite tracks was, was Kentucky, and it's not that old of a track, and they had to take it off the schedule. Right. A- adding new tracks usually means taking away uh, tracks. I don't see them going past a, a 36-car uh, season. Maybe, maybe if they shorten races, may- maybe they could, but... Um, they tried weekday races, and I don't think it worked for NASCAR very well in ratings and, and following. So I, I think you're going to see them consistently on weekends. There's only so many weekends in a year. so Right, yeah, and you have to have an off-season thrown in there as well. Absolutely. Hey, man, that, I'm sure it was a sight to see out there in L.A. Jealous. I mean, if it's going to be there for the next two years, I might have to put that on the uh, the bucket list. For trying sure. to catch that, I mean, it just it just from what you saw on TV, it just I mean, it's it's crazy that they got away with it. Absolutely, yeah, and it was it, it it was fun. I think, as you mentioned, I I think a lot of people were expecting it to be a kind of a a, a, a messy race. Is that the best way to put it? Where demo um, derby? Yeah, you know, it it, it wasn't going to work very well. We saw Kyle Busch and Joey Logano throwback to their late model days um you know kyle bush still races like the snowball derby and has his late model team um i think that's why we saw those two those two guys be the strongest uh out there because it was very familiar to them we made the pick here <laughs> rts you know with the the tri we called it the four the four man pick them last week uh like we said 
Mike said it. I thought it. It's West Coast Logano. Picked up the victory. Sliced bread. Killed it. 2022 is fast approaching. The Daytona 500 is just a mere week and a half away. Uh, 2021, you know, I think a lot of people didn't expect Kyle Larson to do what Kyle Larson did. My expectations for Kyle last year was new team. Yeah, maybe win a few races. He's going to be in better equipment than he was at Ganassi. But nobody saw that coming. Mm-hmm. What uh, what did you take away from last season and just everything that unfolded? I think Kyle Larson took everyone by storm. I mean, winning, winning ten races in the championship, as uh, as 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 most people know, uh, this is my nineteenth year hosting a NASCAR fantasy league. Uh, last year, only two people picked Kyle Larson as their first pick out of two hundred and nineteen people. Um, and those people absolutely dominated. They did. They did. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, one of them won the championship. So, um, but yeah, it it, it it was very surprising uh, to see. I think a lot of people thought Chase Elliott was going to run run away with it. I think if it wasn't for Larson, I think we would have seen Chase Elliott run a, run away with it some more. It's going to be pretty interesting to kind of see what what 2022 brings, especially with this new car and uh, some of these new tracks. Is Kyle Larson still the favorite? Probably. I'm a firm believer that Hendrick's back, and they are the legit dominant force of NASCAR right now. Hendrick is um, definitely dominating right now. I mean, you, you even see like Alex Bowman. He won four races last year. That's definitely, you know, he, he won more races than any of his other seasons combined um, in NASCAR. I think Larson was a surprise with the 10 wins. Elliott not win as much, but I think Bowman was the biggest surprise, picking up the four wins, like you said. But I think this year is going to be Byron's breakout season. He was so close to winning a bunch of races. He won at Homestead last year. I think he's going to be lights out this year. I really do. I don't think it's out of the possibility that you might see multiple races where it's Hendrick one, two, three, four. Yeah, as good as they were last year and you know, already showing this year how good they are and I mean, Bowman kind of sucked it up at the clash. It's really not his deal, but I think it's going to be a good Hendrick year again. You know, kind of like Tim alluded to just a, a few moments ago, the new car yes. is going to be the the biggest question of this 2022 season. How is it going to perform? Is it living up to the hype that it's gotten for the last two or three years? You know, we already seen the durability out of it from the clash. I mean, my lord. I mean, yeah. When you run into a concrete barrier, yeah, you're gonna rip the front end of your car off. Right. You know. Sorry for your your pick. You know, <laughs> yes. but like, like Mike said just on the last episode. Yeah, Kyle ran out of some blinker fluid. Yep. Yep. Who was it? Was it Almarola that smoked the wall? Yeah. I thought he was gonna be able to keep going. Yeah. But then you saw like the rear end slapped, and then the front end slapped the wall. The rear end didn't take that much of a beating, but then when it whipped around and it took the right front into the wall, that's when it knocked the whole front end out of the car. But these cars have already proven, on a short track at least, that the durability of this new composite body is not like it was last year where you basically like just poked the fender and they got a flat tire. I mean, it's already proven, and it just minus a couple mechanical things where it was Briscoe had the throttle cable broke. But he said that was a team deal. They forgot to put a safety wire in there to make sure that it didn't do that. And then Hamlin had the power steering problem with the with the belt coming off and taking a hose with it. Limited crew down there, Correct. so 
couldn't really do much there besides you're running 13 second lap times you ain't gonna get that fixed you're gonna be 25 laps down at that point it, mike's wondering about DraftKings stuff and he's like oh yeah you know like you know what's up with these transmissions briscoe's shifting and i was like what do you think about briscoe he's the only guy out there shifting these new trannies are lights out yeah. they're never gonna break and he breaks under yellow yeah. i look right at mark and i'm like yeah so much for that yep tyler reddick did the same thing uh um under caution right after the break i think it was a first or second yeah um, he was winning. he was leading he, yeah. he was he was leading and uh shut off the car turned it back on to try to just warm up the tires and uh completely blew it out so it happens in a non-point race both hamlin and reddick said it rather have it happen now than at daytona yep but even they both i mean even i think it was reddick that said it he's like what about on a pit stop when they drop the car and all of a sudden we got to slam it from neutral back into first What's going to happen there? I mean, these teams have not done a live pit stop on this new car yet. And they won't until the duels. Correct. So we've already seen new formations. They got guys running around backwards around the car. You know, the one lug nut with the new wheel. I mean, what are we, I mean, what do you think? How is this season going to go for this next-gen car? To start, there's, there's going to be some growing pains. I think just for um, the drivers, uh, NASCAR in general, um, and just the parts and pieces. A lot of these teams have very, very, very little parts and pieces due to supply chain issues. Um, a lot of these teams used to have 10, 12 cars per team at their race shops. A lot of them have two, maybe three cars when they're going to be going to Daytona. A lot of teams are not bringing backup cars to Daytona. Ooh. And I do, I, I see that as, uh, you're you're gonna see a very a very tame dual races uh, uh, practice sessions. Mm-hmm. For, for for instance, Hend- Hendrick Motorsports they're bringing two cars unwrapped for for backups. So they they have four teams. So if a team does wreck out, they can pull out one of their backups. Um, a lot of the teams that have been talking in different interviews, they all saying their backup cars are not nearly as good as their Daytona 500 car, and that's different than what we've kind of seen in the last decade where the backup car is just as good as the primary Mm -hmm. their backup car might be what their clash car was for instance right you know so and and that's you know that that's pretty that's pretty drastic but that's what they were saying though with this car they shouldn't have to worry about having a short track car compared to a speed super speedway car so i mean it it shouldn't be that much of a difference i mean from what the team from what they're saying this car should be able to do yeah you don't have to build 900 cars you know, here's our here's our stable of super speedway cars. Here's our stable of mile and a half cars. Here's our stable of short track cars. Here's our dirt track right. car. Here's our road course car. Yeah. Well, yeah. Supposedly it's it's not supposed to, but I you know I it it might just kind of be just the thought of NASCAR crew members. Hey, we're going from a track that's a quarter mile to two miles, twenty times the size. You know, you can't bring the same car, but you probably theoretically can set it up the same way. From the crashes that, that that I saw during the clash, um, you know, with uh, Justin Haley, Kurt Busch, um, Eric Almirola, those, those the cars crashed differently. Um, it almost reminds me, in past years, when a car hits the wall, it just crushes it. It crushes the wheel, pancakes the side of the car. Where the three crashes that I that I saw, it it almost kind of feels like an open wheel car, where the whole hub assembly is like really loose then on the car you know if you know as you guys both know sprint car racing more than anyone i know if you knock into the wall then you're gonna you know your entire right front or left front it just it's kind of you know falling apart and just kind of 
you know, it isn't it isn't crushed necessarily. You just broke all your bolts off. Right. It's almost like it ripped the left front off Haley's car, Correct. and the same with Kurt Busch. It ripped the right front off and knocked it back into the door, basically. Yeah, because yeah, when we were kind of seeing some of these cars get get hauled away, you were able to tell the the suspension pieces definitely broke. It wasn't just crushed in. I think it's going to take some time to learn what to do when these cars crash. Right. It's it's, it's almost like the it centralized the impact point. Yes. And it just kept it right there. Didn't, like you said, destroy the entire front end. It just Correct. destroyed the right front. Correct. And like you said, these are all bolt-on pieces that they're getting from vendors now. Yes. That's the whole premise of this car. During the um, Charlotte test uh, early in December, we saw Austin Dillon completely nose it head-on into the wall and push that front bumper to pretty much the firewall. And they were back the next day with that same race car. They took all the pieces off overnight, put all new pieces on, and it was running consistent laps. So that's definitely positive to see. Um, and um, it's going to be very cost-effective to a lot of the teams. When, when it comes to Daytona, I think the biggest thing you're going to hear about um, for this new race car is the new rack and pinion steering. It, it was it, Those vehicles were, were very stiff steering, it's very it's it's a lot more of a touchy steering now a little um, loosey-goosey yes yeah. so a lot of the i mean just during the test when they were drafting one or two cars uh joy logano ricky stenhouse jr they all said it's going to be nuts and it's going to be very difficult to to be able to draft and and everything like that to not have it be to not lose control of it yeah, it's just not like it was with a normal color power steering. I've drove a late model before that has rack and pinion steering, something that Kyle Larson has done recently, which, you know, late models have rack and pinion steering. So it's going to be, it's gonna, it's definitely different. It's almost like, you know, like we all have quickeners in our car. It's like two to one, but the rack and pinion, it's like you turn and the car is like delayed is how it felt for me. So it's definitely going to be different for what, you know, like you said, everybody's doing, especially in the draft, because they're going to be catching the air, turning, and then what's going to really happen after that? Because I almost feel like it's delayed. Is that it? So, yeah, like you said, they're going to be having these massive runs. Yep. You know, instead of just, you know, shake and bake, you know, they, mm-hmm. is that car going to kick loose? What's going to happen when they side draft? Yeah, the side draft is going to be weird. And, like, you know, we've seen it. The, <laughs> we've Ricky, seen it Ricky. The, yeah. No, it's it's Recky Spinhouse. That's how it was. <laughs> so, but, like, even showing at the clash with the side draft and, you know, them guys bouncing off each other. And then bodies didn't move much. And, you know, front yes. bumper to back bumper. I mean, there was no debris on the track, which was the weirdest thing I saw, you know, how much they were bouncing around. There was nothing, you know, ripping a little bit of the fender off and stuff like that. So I think it's it's going to be wild come Daytona. Them duels are going to be nuts. Even though, like you said, it might be, you know, kind of tame, but I think it's going to be wild just with the different steering and what's going on. Especially if you get, you know, the guys that are trying to race their way in and get to the front, which, you know, they're they're fighting for their life. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I, you know, my, I guess my question, and I, I want both of your guys' opinion on this, and I'll give you my opinion. What team, Hendrick, Gibbs, Stuart Haas, RCR, who do you think's got the resources and the people behind, in the brain trust that are going to get this car figured out first? You ended up talking about Hendrick Motorsports. I, I think the ones who I'm keeping an eye on first is uh, Team Penske. Um, Team Penske, they have led the practice sessions at Charlotte and daytona each day they went out they won the clash they have they, they have three cars and i i think uh uh specifically logano and and blaney um who have both done 
some type of um, Ford Performance sports car racing. Um, limited, but you know they've been in in a race or two. I think that is going to make them be able to adapt to these cars faster. I'm I'm keeping an eye on them. I guess you could say. And like you know, Joey Logano jumped in that modified last year. Man, Volusia, a bunch of races. Never been in a modified before. He charged the one night from 24th last guy to transfer in through the B main to a podium finish at Volusia in a modified. So we know he's got talent and jumping in something that he's not used to and running good, and then just proving it again at the Clash. I think, like you said, the Penske cars are going to be tough to beat, especially right off the bat. Is that who you're going with? Well, I mean, the Hendrick guys are good. I mean, Chase Elliott's been doing what kind of Larson's doing. Alex Bowman's always been, a, you know, an open wheel guy. I mean, William Byron's the only one that's not running a lot of other divisions, you know, outside of NASCAR. But I think Hendrick, Penske, they're going to be right at the top. I mean, Briscoe looks really good. He does a lot of other stuff, wing cars, midgets. It's kind of going to be those guys, I think, that run all the other divisions that are going to, you know, the cream will rise to the top that have their hands in other things like Kyle Busch running the late model, doing, you know, the Tulsa shootout. Those guys that are running other races, Ryan Priest and the Modifieds, putting Rick Rear in the show, you know, for the clash. It's, I think that's what's going to happen. But you know, you never know. I mean, Truex struggled. Denny Hamlin ran the B main. There was good guys, Kurt Busch, but, you know, Bowman that didn't make the show. So kind of like anything, it's just going to be luck of the draw. I think the sleeper on that whole deal, I think, could potentially be RCR. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, from what I've heard, and yeah. you, you can totally correct me if I'm wrong here, Tim. From I know that they had a big part in the Chevy development end for the next gen car, but it sounded like a lot of their people, regardless whether if it was a Ford or a Toyota, were involved in the entire development Absolutely. of the of the next gen car. I think RCR could be a sleeper on this deal. They might just have a little bit of a leg up on this, potentially. Uh, that's kind of where I'm rolling with it, and that'll kind of come up later in this episode and this segment just because we will be making some picks here a little bit later, so we'll <laughs> roll into that. But, yeah, I think I think somebody that could be uh, uh, a leg up on it could be RCR. They, they, they ended up designing the car with NASCAR, um, building the very first race car, doing the, the test sessions the first year and a half. Um, until the teams and the and and the OEM started creating their own body styles, and and and, and different things like that. One of, one of the things just to kind of go back on uh, that we were talking about or that that Mike mentioned is some of these older drivers. Um, I I think it's it's different for them. Um, Kevin Harvick said this feels like the car I raced in two thousand one, and he says it's it's a lot more touchy, but it's not something I'm used to. And I know Truex has mentioned that as well. Kurt Busch has mentioned that as well. They're not, they're not, you know, cutting down the new car. They just says it's very different, and it's going to take a lot of time for them to get used to. And having some of these drivers that are racing several different types and dis- several different forms of discipline of racing, I think are going to adapt to this car faster. You know, like RCR. I mean, Reddick, he's ran Chili Bowl late models he was running late models at cedar lake at 14 years old at the usa nationals i think there's evidence of this it's just yeah insane i have a picture with him he looks like he's you know two feet tall he's shorter than taylor in that photo I mean, that's short <laughs> what do you say about my what what do you say you said she get a handicap pass for being a midget true true <laughs> i did say that and i mean austin dylan he grew up running late models and modifieds you know dale mcdowell was their teacher who just you know won at volusia and absolutely i mean those guys are good on late models and reddick and dylan i mean reddick was i think he's going to be the standout this year like william byron i think he'll have his breakout year but 
Austin Dillon third in the clash. I did not see that coming. There's no way I would adopt that bingo card. No, me neither. I I can when I was going down the old DK lines trying to make some lineups for the old clash. Right. I totally overlooked them. Everyone. I don't think I had them in one of my lines. Nope. Well, right. And I mean, you know, we 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 saw uh, Eric Jones finish fourth, and yep. his now new teammate uh, Ty Dillon uh, win win his um, his uh, his uh, last chance qualifier race. Now he was disqualified, but. So we don't have to talk about that, but I mean, can't jump that restart, right? Exactly. I mean, we're we're gonna definitely see. <laughs> There's a guy called Restart Zone for a reason. Hey, he's winning the black flags of the year too, two and zero against everybody else. So. I don't think he made many friends out there yeah. on Saturday, no. Sunday, whatever day it was. It, it's gonna be definitely interesting because I I um I think you're you're, you're gonna see drivers uh, perform better um, that were kind of middle of the pack move up. And then that means some of the top drivers are going to have to move back. And it's going to be interesting to see who those people are. Exactly. And I, I think that's a great segue into this next part of the uh, preview to 2022. You just mentioned Ty Dillon, new car, new team, lots of faces moving around during the offseason. Uh, you got Brad Keselowski uh, leaving Penske to be taking part ownership into Roush Fenway, which is now RFK. RFK. Kurt Busch. Heading over to 2311 Racing to drive the 45. I should have had all this written down. Ryan Priest, <laughs> Wickwear Racing on a limited schedule. Yep. Todd Gilliland taking over the 38. Oh, Harrison Burton yep. in the Wood Brothers car. Who? Yep. I mean, he was fast and he got dumped and, you know, luckily got in with Ty Dillon getting out. Yep. But I think he's going to have a decent year. Yeah. Sure. Cedric in the Blue Deuce. Yep. Yeah. Got some young faces coming in. I, I'll yeah. be the first to say I did not tab Harrison Burton for that 21 car. Yeah. At uh, all. No. With him having such an affiliation with Toyota, I would have never thought I'd seen him in a Ford. I agree. Yeah. I mean it was it was the plan to be able to have uh Cindric in the in the twenty one that was that was originally signed for this year, but as Kozlowski was looking to take the step out and, and Austin dominating um his second year in the Xfinity series, uh, I think moving him to the two was a was a pretty good choice. Xfinity series champ. I mean it also helps when uh Papa Bears involved. <laughs> yep. Yep. Not going to go there. <laughs> but uh, no, I think Cendrick could be definitely a. Cendrick's the outright favorite for rookie of the year. Yes. I don't know, man. I mean, after seeing what Justin Haley did at the Clash, I think he's got a chance. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I Very mean, true. you know, and especially with the other three drivers getting three other inputs in the other 16 car, you know, for multiple races this season i think that's gonna help too i think that's badass what colic's doing yeah i think that's badass they're doing it right Mm -hmm. so um and just to touch on that point unfortunately haley's not not going to be a rookie driver this year that's what i was just gonna ask you because he's ran so many races correct yeah Yeah, so yeah so he he was not qualified for it but um yeah college racing i think is going to be some some eyes to keep on yeah interested to see what track house is going to do after the purchase of chip ganassi gms has a lot of money behind their team and they closed a majority of their truck teams to be able to start this NASCAR team or uh, through Richard Petty. So it'll be interesting to see how that team goes. We didn't see as many driver changes as we normally do. I think we saw more team changes than we've ever seen before. Yeah. A uh, lot of new teams, a lot of merging teams, a lot of teams being bought out. You know, now we, now we have uh, Floyd Mayweather. Having oh a, yeah, having I'm, a NASCAR team, Casgrallo. Yep, yep. They're they're expecting to do about do about a dozen to fifteen races. 
Um, you even look at some of the lower tier series. You have Emmett Smith that is starting an Xfinity series team. That was Jesse Awuji. Um, yes. Tied for so, the driver. Yep. And, Are they going to uh, be number 22? They're going to be number 30, 34. 34. Oh, okay. 34. Um, but How it, did you know his number? Emmett Smith? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I got some of his old you know, football cards. What? Oh, yeah. I'm surprised you knew Are that. Are you kidding me? Troy I Aikman am. handed him the ball. It's what made Troy Aikman good. Oh, boy. Well, him and Irvin. <laughs> oh, we just lost every Dallas Cowboy fan. Yeah, but podcast. nobody likes Aikman and Joe Buck, so they're back on, back on board. Back to the racing. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be, it'll be interesting though because there, there's definitely a, a very strong culture change in NASCAR. I think it's very positive for um, NASCAR's growth to be able to see that. Not to get into any politics or the the, the, the culture side of of life, but you know, going to Daytona and going to some of the races I've been to differently. You definitely see a, a different demographic going to those races, and I think it's great to be able to see, and I think it's growing the sport going into the future. You're going to get original, quote-unquote, NASCAR fan Yes, that still is like, this isn't NASCAR. This isn't what I grew up watching. Yes. Yeah, I didn't grow up watching it this way either. Yeah. But you have to change with the times. Yep. It, it is what it is. I mean, are we going to agree with everything that NASCAR has done regarding if it's the the playoffs, stages, lucky dogs, wave rounds? Yes. Are we? No, we're not all going to agree on that. Are we not? Are we happy about all that? No. I think they should still race back to the, to the yellow. Right. I think they should all day long. That was great. Yeah. It's what you have to do, and it's just clear as day. And I'm sure you see this all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I stopped watching NASCAR years ago. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. Well, clearly you just watched it to have an opinion on it on social media. Right. right. And that's what we call a DARF. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite quote, <laughs> my, my favorite quote, quote is, I haven't watched racing since Dale Earnhardt died. Well, <laughs> you're commenting about NASCAR 22 years later, 21 years later. So I, I don't believe you. But NASCAR died with Dale. Yeah, uh, that's a uh, that's pretty popular. But uh, oh, I'm sure, and, and you know it, it, it's different. And I know you know for a lot of people, just society right now is is changing in several several different topics of of life. I think a lot of people want to make sure NASCAR doesn't change. Maybe that's something that they they feel pretty close to. And I understand, you know, the, 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 the touchy subject about it and, and the difficulty that NASCAR has has with that, trying to continue to celebrate their roots as well as try to be able to move forward uh, with a lot of that. And, you know, a lot of people hated the clash because it was in California and they thought it should be at Bowman Gray, which, you know, Bowman Gray is great, but I think it only seats 13,000 people, right? 12,000 people, something like that. And then the clash was in a different market and it was different for for you know a different race format and but you were able to have 55,000 people there. We're trying to put butts in the seats again here. Correct. I can say personally that the last time I went to a sold out NASCAR race was probably 2009. Yeah. And that was at Chicagoland, which isn't even on <laughs> the schedule anymore. Correct. Which was in my backyard where I grew up. Such a crime. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I mean, it's still good to celebrate the roots of NASCAR because clearly everything had to start somewhere. Yes. And, you know, yeah, it started in the South. 
with moonshiners and, you know, if you want to call it rednecks, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's where it started. Yeah, that's where it started. We can still celebrate those roots of NASCAR, but still, like you said, change, you know, and grow into different demographics, whether it's with African-Americans, Hispanics, whatever. We can reach those demographics. You know, it's just about the way that we go with it. I hear this more often than not. I don't watch NASCAR anymore. I don't watch NASCAR anymore. It, it's stupid. Stage racing, da-da-da-da. It's like, you know what? That's where my, at least, you know, my passion for racing started was NASCAR because my dad was a Dale Earnhardt fan. Yes. Now do I gravitate more to dirt racing? Yeah. Why? Because I'm heavily involved with it. I got all my buddies dirt racing and everything, but I still watch NASCAR. Like I said earlier, do I agree with everything that NASCAR is doing? No, I don't. But I'm not going to just stop watching it. You just got to learn to adapt, man. Like, I hate it. Like, that's why I love having you in studio, Tim, and talking about things because, you know, if we can just get that one person, that <laughs> one person that's like, man, NASCAR sucks. Right. And just be like, you know what? No, give it a chance. Right. Turn turn it back on on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Tune in. The, just don't tune in for the Daytona 500. Watch California the next week. Yes. Watch Vegas. Watch Phoenix. Yes. If you got to take a couple weeks off, I get it. Life happens. Mm-hmm. Tune back in. It takes time. Very good example that I that I have is when I was younger. I, I have older brothers, much older than I am, fifteen years older than I am, or so. Um, they they were always into uh, you know WWF was 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 what it was known back then. Oh yeah, uh, you know watching Goldberg and Macho Man Randy Savage. And, Man, where's Roth when we need him? All those Hell types yeah, of things. brother. <laughs> so, Woo! but you know, so you know, you you kind of watch some of the the hype of some of their main features like a, a ladder match or you know the wrestlemania and you go watch those and it's they're big you know spectacles and it, it's amazing to see and then you want to try to go back and then you go watch a regular friday night show and you're like oh this is this is not this is not exciting anymore you know this is this is not the the home run that that you're looking for and that was kind of right. one of the things that we talked about is you know people who watch sports you know, want that excitement constantly throughout it. When you watch something on your phone, let's say you're watching a YouTube video and it says, you got to see this car crash. And you get about four seconds into that video and you tell it's a minute long video. You're going to start jumping ahead of those four seconds. You're going to start jumping about 10 seconds at a time to be able to see that type of stuff because you want instant gratification. Sports just in general, is it? It's difficult to be able to put on that, and I think NASCAR has done very well at being able to continue that excitement throughout the races, the different types of tracks that they're deciding to go to. That continues to bring those those exciting moments throughout the race. Well, just like you said, I mean, baseball is nine innings, hockey three periods, football four quarters. Now NASCAR is three stages. Yes, it's the best thing they could have done. They have, you know, mandatory cautions, the strategy, the analytics, the, all of it. I think it's amazing. I love it. The strategy to win a race and get in the playoffs now, build the playoff points like Larson did this year. Kyle Busch, Truex has done it. They get all them bonus points and move their way through and, you know, almost solidify themselves in the final four, make, you know, make it an easier run. It's the smartest thing they could have done. I think it's awesome. The racing's way better. Am I going to have to put you on a sports episode? I think it's pimp. <laughs> what? Three periods, four quarters, nine innings? <laughs> What? Where did this come from? Dude, Wolves are like 6-0 and at home, 4 in a row. I follow RTS on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You should too, man. You can know everything <laughs> I know, even though you do post it. <laughs> like, follow, share, subscribe. 
I think it's good though. I love. I like the stage races a lot. No, stage racing's good. I. I mean, yeah, that's stages where we just let them run the whole time. Don't just break it up. Yeah. And sometimes you need to break it up. Yeah. Right. I agree. Thoughts? And I, you know, I mean, it's uh, especially like super speedway racing. Going to those stage breaks, man, it's 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 exciting. You usually see a lot of wrecks and and different things like that, and you will not usually see that on lap seventy five. No, in, in the race, and I I, I do think that that brings the excitement to that so. yeah the the strategy paying before you know what two to go before the stage to try and you know better yourself for the rest of the run and you know maybe not i don't know it's just it, it's just great by lap 75 at a super speedway race we are single file running against the wall yep. usually that's nine times out of ten and everybody's trying to get them bonus points for the stages and it's it's they've changed the whole game I love the strategy of it. Yes. You know, I mean, you have to, am I going to short pit or am I going to stay regular? You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to pit after the stage break? I mean, what are you going to do? Right. And it, and it changes at every track because not every track is the same. Absolutely. That's what makes it great. I think, and I I think we're going to be able to see that a lot more, especially with this new H pattern uh, shifting system. You're going to see them shift at uh, tracks they've never shifted at before. You're going to see pit stops more often most likely they're going to be faster there's so many more new strategy things that we have not really thought about too much that you're going to definitely see play out probably not at daytona but as soon as they get to auto club phoenix atlanta las vegas um, there's going to be new strategy for these teams to play out and it's going to take a while and we might we might see some uh some uh, upset winners there that would be pretty cool to kind of finish up on the new faces and new places in 2022, who are you most excited about in the new ride or rookie in 2022? So the the team I'm most excited about, I would say, is College Racing right now. I think I think AJ Allmendinger is going to be really strong in that 16 on the races he does. He's sharing it with uh, Daniel Hamrick and uh, Noah Gregson. I think both of them will be very strong. I think uh, Justin Haley is going to do pretty well as well. Team, or driver wise, Austin Cendrick in that too. I have I have pretty high hopes for. He he did uh, run about six or seven races for Team Penske last year in the thirty three, and he was up in the top ten most of those races. I think there was one or two races he had a mechanical failure, and he wasn't able to finish the race. But he was like in the top ten within the last couple of laps on most of those races. So. I'm 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 hoping for good for for good things for him, and I think the one I'm most curious about is kind of seeing how Brad Keselowski carries um, what, what what was Roush Fenway racing into the future for the for the new RFK racing team. So there's a lot of different storylines going into this year, probably more than ever before, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Few changes around on the schedule, nothing too crazy. All Star Race will be back in Texas. Dirt on Bristol again. Uh, the new one, uh, heading to Worldwide Technology Raceway. Uh, that'll be the first time that the Cup Series has been at that track. Uh, that's kind of the only new track for 2022. Um, the, I still don't understand why we race on the Indianapolis Road Course. Uh, that one makes zero sense to me. That I mean, it, it was it was a mess last year, but... It was exciting at the same time. It's the brickyard. I know. I, I know is yeah, definitely I agree. But I mean, it, and you know, it was a major failure by the racetrack for having that track fall apart. I don't know. There was some excitement to that. I think you could say. I mean, just kept having the drivers 
literally take a jump off one of the corners. You don't usually see that in no, NASCAR. But, I just, uh, it's the brickyard. I agree. Uh, I, I agree with that. I I mean, a, a, a lot of people did not like the brickyard. Um, I always thought it was exciting. I mean, the, the racing there might have not always been the best, but the endurance aspect of it was was always, I thought, pretty great moments throughout each of the races there. So, Playoffs are still looking a little bit of the same. Daytona will be the cutoff race per usual. That has produced mass chaos right before the round of 16 kicks off. Nothing really too different come the playoffs. Uh, still got the, the Roval in there. Uh, you know, there's kind of some back and forth. You're going to go to the West Coast in the round of eight in Vegas, and then you go to back, you go back east to Miami, and then you head up the north on the East Coast to Martinsville, and Martinsville being the cutoff before the championship four again. I think the way that they have these playoff races set up, I think it's going to provide a, plenty of excitement again. Like Bristol is the cutoff to the round of twelve. Uh, the road or the roval, the cutoff before the round of eight, and then like I said, Martinsville. So not too many changes, just a couple flip flops around here on the schedule for 2022. The big one, of course, being them going to, if you want to say, St. Louis for worldwide technology. Yes. I'm definitely excited for that for the or for the race at uh, St. Louis. Um, I know Kenny Wallace is is very much involved in in a lot of their promotional aspects right now, being being from that track. Um, they're doing a lot of improvements right now to the track before before that race weekend. It'll be kind of good to have another race uh, in the Midwest. I guess I guess it's considered Midwest. Still. Oh yeah, that's Midwest. So that's uh, Midwest. you know, yeah, uh, it'll, it'll be it'll be great to see. When it comes to tracks, it, it'll be interesting to see what plays out over the next couple of years. One of the storylines we've been really following over the off season was uh, North North Carolina, where they. They supplied 128 million dollars to to racetracks. Yep. Uh, Rockingham, um, North or uh, Charlotte, and then also North Wilkesboro. Uh, Speedway Motorsports Group. They purchased Dover, along with that the Nashville Super Speedway. So now it's Dover Motor Speedway in Nashville. Um, I think you're going to see that Super Speedway go off the track, and I think you might see the fairgrounds in the next couple of years. You're going to see a few tracks change around. Um, still coming up in the next couple of years. And I think as we kind of talked about when we started this podcast is uh, you're going to see a lot of different types of tracks in NASCAR over the next couple of years. I completely agree. And then the the other one that we didn't even hit on, I was flipping through the schedule here really quick, and uh, the, the reconfiguration repave of Atlanta Motor Speedway. That's that place gonna, is going to be fast. It's going to be very fast. And I, I think um, they're, they're saying it's just a – it's just a smaller version of Daytona. We'll kind of see what that brings. I I think you're going to see pack racing at Atlanta. So, I think it's going to happen. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they go there and practice. Yeah. And next thing they go, you guys have got to run restrictor plates. It's most likely, yes. It wouldn't shock me one bit. Correct. The Daytona 500. New car, new teams, qualifying duels Sunday afternoon who wins it at Daytona well for the record I um entered a $20 pool league for my buddy 2020 racing page Jonathan Powers and mm-hmm. I picked number 28 well since uh Ernie Irvin doesn't run that car anymore I'm going with the eight Tyler Raddick Tyler Raddick will win Daytona 500 hello 
How about you, Mark? I think it's going to stay in the Hendrick stable, and I'm going to go with old Willie B. It's a good pick. Well, William Byron. I have a feeling that this victory is going to come out of the Penske camp. Um, I think it could be either Logano or Blaney, but I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney to win the Daytona 500. William Byron is dating Ryan Blaney's sister. Well, inside news. You know? Breaking news. You're like the TMZ. No, they've been there. Yeah. They've been there for a while. You're like the TMZ of RTS. The TMZ of RTS. (laughs) Well, it's like all the Hendrick guys were at Chili Bowl, except for Willie B. You should have been there. I mean, Ryan's dad, Dave's, won the Chili Bowl. So that'd be cool to see old Willie B in a midget. Yeah, that's kind of curious to why the rest of these Hendrick guys are out here doing all this stuff and just Willie B just kind of not being involved. It's pretty interesting. I I think uh, Kyle Larson has definitely pulled in, um, or kind of, I guess you could say, married the dirt and stock car racing communities more than they have been in the past. Oh, yeah. Um, You were either a dirt car fan or a stock car fan, and you you might not like the other one as much. They kind of want to go to the dirt tracks just to see what Larson is doing, to see how incredible he is. And you're seeing these dirt car drivers, David Gravel and... Uh, what was the the gentleman's name who just won? Tyler Carpenter. Oh, Tyler, yep. Tyler Carpenter. Ride. He'll be in the truck ride the with truck Nice ride. Motorsports. Yeah. So you're you're definitely seeing those two come together some more. I th- I think you might see a, a truck race or something. Uh, maybe this the same weekend of a of a World of Outlaws in the future. I know there's 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 talks of it. Like you said, Larson's <clears throat> kind of combined the, the dirt world and the asphalt world, and he's combined the sprint car world and late model world yes. even. By him jumping in the late model, going out and winning a Lucas Oil race and winning a big World of Outlaw race last year, and then Brandon Overton jumping in a sprint car. So it's definitely gone back and forth between you know late model and sprint car and dirt and asphalt. It's it's The whole racing community has kind of turned into one huge thing with, you know, since COVID, I think has kind of blown it up also. It's been kind of wild for the streaming and everything. There's a lot more fans. We're all starting to come together as one. <laughs> yes, we are. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you, you even have to think of it as just, you know, IndyCar. They're having their first double headers, um, yep. you know, together at, um, um, at at the Indianapolis Road Course. And I think if you if you get more races here with Formula One, you're going to start seeing that marriage, too. I think Formula One's really blowing up right now oh, in, yeah. in the United States. Very popular. Um, you I can think thank Netflix for that. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, the the Netflix um, series was was very popular for that, and you know I think motorsports is going is going to continue to grow as a whole. So I completely agree. I mean, you you even see Monster Jam and NASCAR teaming up some more. The number one diecast last year was uh, Kevin Harvick's Grave Digger car, and you see, and that thing was, looks sweet. Yeah, smart. And you see what is it? The racing champion from. 2017 Camden Murphy he's now racing in the truck series Austin Creed he's a former uh stadium super or supercross or uh, what is it called the stadium super, super truck trucks. series yep he's a former champion there and he's coming over so you're you're definitely seeing seeing these these types of racing coming back or or I'm I'm sorry you know just kind of coming together right. Chase Elliott's doing rally car racing with Travis Pastrana yep it's pretty interesting to see. I, I, it's great for for all types of motorsports. And I did hear Pitbull's new schedule will be based off the NASCAR schedule. Need like Brings a, in the audience. Need like a TMZ sounder or something for <laughs> here. Breaking news: Mike and the Mike, TMZ RTS Pitbull announces schedule. Mister Bull, <laughs> jeez, Pit as Mark likes to call him. <laughs> 
Yeah, like you said the other night. Oh, my favorite ice cubes are the one in my cocktail. Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, he he spit some good lyrics up there at the Coliseum. So no, it was it was badass, man. Oh. It was kind of funny because you know, uh, being out at the Clash, I, I I saw a lot of people and and talked to a lot of people, and uh, I saw Mike Joy out there. I, I didn't talk to him or anything, but. Um, he was nerding out over uh, Ice Cube's uh, 64 Impala that they use in the movie Friday. That was yep. that, that that he. I saw him get he, out of the car on the he, broadcast. He pulled up on the on the broadcast, and cool. it's just it's just kind of funny to be able to see that. And you know, I I I appreciate Mike Joy the most at the Bear Jackson car auctions. Oh, if absolutely! You've ever seen those? Oh he my God! Just an encyclopedia of almost every single car ever made is oh. absolutely amazing. It's ridiculous. That's cool. He makes Bear Jackson work. Yes, that's why I watch Bear Jackson. I, I, I mean, one of the crazy. I mean, he, you know, you're like, you're like, oh, he's he's reading notes. No, he's just just knows this. No, stuff. he just looks at the card. and He goes, <laughs> yeah, that, that that that, and you're like, what? Yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. Anyway. Mike Joy, the OG sleeper pick for the Daytona 500. Well, I'll let Tim go first. Well, last year my sleeper pick for the Daytona 500 was Michael McDowell. Really? Yeah. Oh, where's the your rabbit foot? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where's the horseshoe? My sleeper pick for this year's Daytona 500 is Landon Castle in the number 77. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. I'm trying to write this down, and I just can't even (laughs) spell it because of uh, the amount of just confusion. I talked to Landon last week, and uh, he is very excited for this year. He has by far the best opportunity he has ever had in NASCAR, racing full-time for college racing, in um, um in the Xfinity series with a with a really good back end sponsor, he'll do roughly fifteen to eighteen races with Spire Motorsports, and that's seventy seven. Those cars are going to be prepared by uh, uh, Richard Childress. So I think you're, you're going to see him do pretty good. I mean, uh, Castle took really underperforming cars and finished in the top twenty with them. Uh, I, th- I think you're going to see some surprises. He's a good restrictor plate racer as well. Yes. What do you think, Mark? Who's your uh, underdog? He's always there. And when I was looking at average finishes earlier today for another NASCAR league that I'm in because I had to make a pick, (laughs) always stays out of trouble, probably because he's always running in the back. I see another Cinderella story potentially happening, and it's going to be Corey LaJoy. He's got a shot. I mean, he he runs good up there. He almost won that uh, summer race last year. Yep. He was uh, he was in the top five. I think he was leading on the last lap before the big wreck happened. So that man knows how to drive on a super speedway. Definitely, he's good. Well, my pick. Um, I get a little background of this pick. So, 2002 Daytona 500 winner <laughs> Ward Burton, and my dad called it. So I'm going Harrison Burton. Whoa! 20 years later, another Burton puts it in victory lane. He looked good at the Clash. Wood Brothers, Trevor Bay in 2011, 11 years later. That's what I'm going with. That would be the Wood Brothers' 100th win. Yep. Correct? There we go. I think yes, so. Absolutely. I think they're sitting on 99. Absolutely. I think that would be a hundo. Yep. Yeah. I think I think he's got a shot. I mean, like everybody's got a shot in the race. but Oh, yeah. Be, I mean, Danica could still win the damn thing on Sunday. Whoa, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Not with this new transmission. Derek Cope. Derek Cope. Derek Cope. <laughs> he did it. Yeah. I mean, Olympics are on the Bodine bobsled. He's got a shot, too. So. <laughs> I totally forgot about those. <laughs> Before you go into yearly picks, this is something I thought about constantly all year. I made a very strong prediction on the show. 
you're going to see five new winners. Oh, that's right. Last year. That's right. And I was so happy when we started the year off strong. And if you count the new teams that won races, we saw five. So Michael McDowell, Christopher Bell, Bubba Wallace, Wallace. Mm-hmm. all win a race. We saw Colleg Racing as a team win the first race. Yep. And we saw uh, 2311 as a team get their first win. I don't know if you want to call that five. But, uh, I'll give it to you. I'm yeah. feeling generous tonight. It's a, I'm it's feeling generous. <laughs> it's a, not a high five. It's a low five. <laughs> I'll, I'll five. take it. No, that's good. Nope, I'm feeling generous. I will I will give that to you. Nice. It's like we talked about your question, and I remember this last year because the hot topic was, will Bubba win a race? <laughs> and I said, hell no. <laughs> hell no. This man will not win a race. But if he does... It will be on a super speedway, yep. and that's where it happened. You're going to see the same thing. If 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 Bubba has a chance to win this year, it'll be on a super speedway. Yep. Sleeper picks for just the whole 2022 season, like a sleeper pick to pick. You know to make make the playoffs. <laughs> let's you know like you know has a good year, picks up you know like let's say like a Bowman four wins makes it deep into playoffs. What do you think, William Byron? Hey, that's my 500 pick, bro. I know. I bet he goes. I bet he gets at least three wins, and the top eight in the playoffs. That'd be my my guesstimation. Guesstimation. Huh? Yep. It's a big word for you. What do you mean, big word? <laughs> I got a big <laughs> word for you. I'll tell you off air. <laughs> Gfy. <laughs> Omg. <laughs> Tim's like. WTF? Not <laughs> <laughs> have been perfect. I'm gonna let Tim go second because he's right. gone back. He's been the front uh-huh. and the back. All now right. he's the middle. Brad's made uh, sleeper pick for the season is going to be Eric Jones in the 43. Whoa! Finished uh, top five at the Clash, uh, top of the speed charts at Daytona testing. Not not the very top, but like in top five, top six. That new GMS affiliate in a brand new race shop this year has a teammate this year. You're going to see some big things out of Eric Jones. I think you're going to see the same results you kind of saw out of him when he was with Gibbs. Oh, he'll he'll probably win a race. He'll probably go to the playoffs. I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. I think you're going to see more consistency out of Tyler this year. I think you're going to see him pick up multiple wins this year. I'd say he makes it to the round of eight. In the playoffs. Got a good chance. He's that good. Two-time Xfinity champ. I mean, he's he's good. He can drive. I'm a firm believer, man. I think RCR has got something to prove this year. I mean, I'm not the biggest Dylan fan, and I'm talking Austin. I'm not the biggest fan, but just like we talked about at the Clash, they showed signs of life last year. They were there. Yeah. They were running 1-2 in races at some point last year. Reddick definitely stepped up the game, and he definitely stepped up the Austin Dillon's game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I agree 100%. Who is the 2022 champion? I think you just said it. It's number 22, Joey Logano. Goes Are back-to-back. It's the second championship. He's fast, and he's adapting. Running modifieds, running late models, doing what he's doing. Comes out strong at the clash. I think he's going to have a good year. I think he can do it. He's been close. He's been in that Final Four multiple times. I mean, Ward Burton won the Daytona 500 20 years ago. <laughs> and now it's Modern 2022. Yep. I don't want that Daytona 500. Oh, hey, Ward, it's great to have you in studio. 
How was that Caterpillar Pontiac? Well, there right now, that Caterpillar Pontiac sure was running good here today down here at that town International Speedway. Uh, the 22 team did a real good job. Pitch stop were phenomenal. I can't thank them enough. I can't remember who Bakushi is. <laughs> <laughs> Booty Barker. Back then? Yeah, who was it? It was, I think Tom, it was, it was Tommy Baldwin back then. Yeah, yep, Tommy Baldwin. Well, I'd like to give a good thanks to Tommy Baldwin for picking up this Daytona 500 victory because I know for sure I think I only won two more races after that. So it's hell of a career. <laughs> thank you for uh, Sterling Marlin pulling away the fender. Yes, <laughs> gets out of the car. That was great. You can't do that. Oh man! What's even better is like you see this like like NASCAR official who's probably never in his million dreams would have had to think he had to deal with something like this. Right? <laughs> He's got to go yeah. chase it after Sterling Marlin. That's funny. One I of the things interesting. That. I I wrote a story over the off season. Um, got pretty good traction on on our website. Uh, Caterpillar leaving NASCAR. Uh, a lot of sponsors leaving. Yeah, uh, quite a few. Um, but I, I think we see quite a few new sponsors joining as well. So, But uh, Caterpillar's been with NASCAR since 94. Wow. Um, this will be the first season without it. So Same thing with M&M's. M&M's leaving, yeah. They've been they've been there since the early 90s. Yeah, they're, 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 there's been a few sponsors leaving. I, I don't think that's a, a concern in any way. Uh, we see a lot of new sponsors joining. I know DoorDash is really stepping it up. Mahinda dra- Tractors for, for Chase Briscoe's full season. We have a lot of new sponsors joining the sport as well, so I think it's just the way it flows. Yep, absolutely. Did you happen to catch the Kyle Busch Menards uh, commercial with the M&Ms in it? I did not. Yeah, so Kyle oh, Busch yeah. did a Menards commercial <laughs> with, M- with M&Ms in his hand, <laughs> talking Mike. about some stuff, and it was just really weird, and I'm like, did I see that right? And then I was talking to Mark, and he saw the commercial as well, so I thought, you know, maybe there's something going on there for next year. You Could never be. know. That would be interesting. Be very interesting, especially since they've been more of a uh, Ford backing right. for very much so. numerous years. Yes. Yeah, but it'd also be cool to get your name in victory lane a couple more times. Now with KB18, he ain't going to do that. Oh, here he goes. He's washed up. He's done. Maybe he'll have Sour Patch Kids and you'll like them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go back to that conversation, okay? <laughs> right. So my championship pick... I'm going back to back. Young money. I think he's too good. The Asian sensation. <laughs> That's his name. His young money. Kyle Larson. Well, you guys took both of what I would have picked, but uh, so uh, I'll go. Uh, I'll go out on a major limb here. I'm going to say Chase Elliott. I think all all three of us got a good chance. I mean, I think oh. all three of us are for sure. You know that top eight. You know potentially all in the final four. Hmm? And your 2022 champion, Denny Hamlin. There's, that would <laughs> no be, way. That would be a very big surprise. Yeah. Ugh. So, and, you know, since we were just talking about picks, we're wrapping that up. Uh, this is my 19th year for my NASCAR Fantasy League. I know you guys are both in that, and yep. it'll, it'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. We have 250 contenders this year. Ooh. Nice. Um, it just keeps going up and up. Yep. And it, it's 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 interesting trying to figure out the strategy. So everyone picks 10 drivers at the start of the year. And that's it. And you don't get to change them. You don't nope. get to add add anything. Difficult to do. 72% of the people pick Kyle Larson to win the championship with a second of Chase Elliott. Right around 72%. So uh, I went a different route, and I picked not Kyle Larson because... you got to be different. Yeah, you got to be a little bit different. And I think um, you're going to, you know, those picks kind of cross out each other as they go throughout the race season. And 
needed to pick something a little bit outside of the box. So it'd be kind of interesting to see how that plays out this year. I did put Kyle Larson as my number one pick, but my number two pick was Mark Truex Jr. Oh, the comeback is on. That man knows how to drive a race car. I know he did not like, he's not a fan of this car right now. He did not show much life at the clash. That dude can wheel a race car. And if somebody's going to figure it out, it's going to be him. And I think they will be the first of the Gibbs cars to figure it out. And I could see that. I mean, if somebody else is going to win the 500, I mean, my original pick of William Byron. Yeah. Just cause yeah. Team, team Hendrick. Woohoo. Let's go. Truex is is, close. Yep. He's been close. He can drive a super speedway. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Truex to pick up a win on Truex Sunday. has made what the top four the last like four or five years. Yeah, so he can do it. He yeah. lost by a couple inches of Denny a couple of years ago. I mean, I hate Denny Hamlin. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> Anybody but Truex at Gibbs just sucks. That's why I ship everything speedy. I'm not a big fan of FedEx. Yeah, <laughs> uh, send the check. <laughs> Where's Bill Jarrett? What are you doing? I need some UPS, <laughs> right? Tim Shinyan with the Racing Insiders, a proud sponsor of the RTS podcast. We promote these guys. They've got the best content when it comes to NASCAR, the Cup Series, Xfinity, Trucks, ARCA. They've even dabbled in some local dirt action recently. You guys got a lot of stuff out there just in the last month or so. You've started your video series. What can everybody expect and look forward to with the Racing Insiders in 2022 and the content that you're going to be putting out. As we mentioned at the start, uh, we were at the Clash. We're going to be at Daytona for roughly eight days. Um, We're going to try to hit about 12 to 15 races throughout the season, um, throughout the Cup and Xfinity and Truck Series. Uh, Our our biggest thing that we're trying to do this year, we, we, we want to make it fun for us and as well as fun for people to be able to watch. As you know, making content whether if it's a podcast, a video, anything, it's it takes a lot of work. You you can tell, you know, it's it, it's not just tossing it together. So we wanted to be able to make it fun um, and try to be able to 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 create good content for, for our viewers. We we work really hard at getting content that you're not going to see anywhere else on any other NASCAR pages. You know, everyone's going to share their press releases, and you know we do as well. But we get a lot of uh, insider driver interviews sponsor uh, conversations different things like that so def- de- definitely check it out we just added uh two two brand new writers to our team over the off season um so yeah we have we have a lot to, we have a lot going on um over the season it's gonna be it's gonna be very exciting so uh check us out on all of our social pages uh and our at our our website uh the racinginsiders.com absolutely i highly recommend it I go there for some inside information if I've got to make picks. I head to the race and insiders.com. They're your one-stop pit stop for everything NASCAR, as we say every week. I do know that I'm in your fantasy league for the first time this year. I will be checking it out weekly now that I'm on sitting sixth in points out of 250 entries, so that's pretty damn cool. And those videos you're putting out, I saw on Twitter, they're awesome, man. Awesome. Good job. Yeah, Thank man. You. Those, those are really are cool. Thank you. We have we have uh, we have about a dozen of them in the in the bin right now to to start releasing that you'll start seeing throughout this week. Or and we'll be down in Daytona. We'll we'll be in the garage. We're we're working with uh, Ream Brothers Racing uh, throughout the 
truck and Xfinity and Cup Series this uh, down at Daytona. So we'll have we'll have tons of content for you guys down there. Nice, awesome. I am looking forward to it. You guys have always got great content. The Racing Insiders, like Tim said, the Insiders dot com. The Racing Insiders on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Find them, like them, follow, subscribe. Do it all. Get man. it all, man. Beat you those bet. buttons. Absolutely. They like I said, you are an OG sponsor of this <laughs> podcast. You know, you know, nowadays we, we charge for sponsorship. Well, there we go. You know, this is not in our case. Awesome. We got some inside deals worked of out. Course. I mean, I went to Bristol for the all star race. That's right. That's a hell of a sponsor. We gotta right we gotta find some races you guys might want to go to this year. So, Absolutely. Uh, Knoxville truckers. A, yeah, that's a very good That'd idea. That'd be fun. There's a there there's a few races I, I have on my list that we should attend. I know last year we saw you at Cedar Lake yes. a handful of times. Uh you guys were doing some dirt content locally. Yes. Uh I know like you said you've already got a busy schedule with the NASCAR things, but anything locally that we could expect from T R I in twenty twenty two regarding uh local dirt track racing? We're gonna try to tie it into just racing in general and how dirt racing kind of brings up into the the NASCAR rank. So I think we're gonna we're gonna we're 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 definitely sponsoring cars again at, at Cedar Lake this year. We just recently we're, we're out in Lake Superior for some ice racing. My very first time out there. We saw some NASCAR drivers out there. We will be at some uh, so, so some of the dirt car racing with the NASCAR connections to them. So. Awesome. That's cool. That's cool. Especially, yeah, like, you know, whatever you can do locally on top of the big scene with the big guys up in the Cup Series. You guys are doing a hell of a job. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're right now working with uh, Cody Emmons. We're trying to make a little documentary for the for the legendary opener this year so hopefully we can kind of put something together just kind of nice you know what what does it take to prepare a car over the off season and then go out and race at a local track and you know just kind of the the family connection the the you know the 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 friends connection different different things like that so um we're gonna you'll probably see that uh release sometime this spring cool little uh little uh, inside behind the scenes action with uh RTS's very own Sweet Sauce, Cody TM, is driver of the 33C Superstock. That's cool, man. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, man, we know you've had a long day. I mean, you were just (laughs) in Vegas like not even 24 hours ago. Exactly. You know, just winning at roulette and everything. So (laughs) you've had a long day. I feel like we got a lot of great content out of this. So hopefully this will inspire some of our listeners to maybe turn it back to good old Fox on uh, February 20th to tune into the Daytona 500. Uh, kick-ass job, man. The Racing Insider's badass. I love it. It's such good content. Make sure you guys check them out on other socials, like we said, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, The Racing Insiders, or the TheRacingInsiders.com. Tim, thank you. Thank you very much. It's great to be here, as always. You have a blast in Daytona. Will do. Have fun, dude. The Racing Insider's very own Tim Shinian. Mr. TRI, man, he killed it. Absolutely. A lot of good insight into what's to come for NASCAR. Uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes work. Uh, like, you know, he talked about with the Ream brothers. He's going to get some content with them over the weekend while he's down in Daytona. So kind of getting a back, a behind-the-scenes look of what goes on in a NASCAR garage. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm pretty jealous. It's uh pretty cool what he gets to do, and you know he's down there in the sun rays, and we're up here catching sunfish. So you ice fishing? I mean, I went the other day. I stopped in my brother's shack. It was pretty cool. Did you know? Yeah. Nice, nice. Thanks for your invite. Oh yeah, because you're gonna go out on the ice. Nope. 
Yep, the only ice you're doing, like we said last time, it's in your cocktails. How about new? I just don't understand why you don't like the one on the ice. It's scary. <laughs> you never know. I mean, you could drill a hole and it could be two feet deep. I still am not going. That's cool. I'd be like, oh, don't worry about it. There's 27 inches of ice on. Like, I don't freaking care. Judge me all you want. I'm not a Minnesotan. Whatever. When was I don't the like last the ice time fish. you were on the ice? Probably. Like high school days? Nah, I went a little after that. I mean, don't get me wrong. If someone's like, hey, Mark, go get a license. That gives us two extra fishing poles in the water. We'll bring the beer. We'll take care of everything else. You just hang out and enjoy yourself. I may consider it. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I did. Sounds like good. Thanks for the invite. But I didn't get a license. Breaking the law, breaking the law, breaking the law. Rebel. Can't thank Tim enough. Coming on the show. Uh, Going to try and start doing like a weekly spot with him, like a little two-minute call-in to recap the NASCAR stuff on our race day rewinds that are presented by, well, guess who else? The Racing Insiders. That'll be pretty cool. He's got more info than anybody, and it'd be awesome to hear from him. Yeah, so a little something we're trying to work on with them guys. A lot going on. We're going to have a lot of stuff back and forth. A little TRI, RTS mat- mashups. It's going down. He's got the pick em things going on through TRI. We, hopefully, we get to make our picks this week. We went one for one already. One for one. So, hopefully, it's good to go. And, Tim, have a good time in Daytona. Have fun, man. <laughs> It's time for the RTS Nightcap, presented by JJ's Outpost Bar and Grill, New Richmond, Wisconsin, right down the road from Cedar Lake, Super Speedway Resort and Spa. I can't tell you how many times I hit up JJ's for a nightcap after the race at Cedar Lake when I was younger. That, that was the place to go. We went there all the time when I was probably 19 to... Uh, 29 so it was it was a blast man i had so so many memories from that place oh hold on hold on for 18? lunch and an apple juice you get, you get dinner you know you get like the chicken strip basket yeah yeah okay just making sure you don't i you mean you I already mean? were fishing without a license whoa <laughs> i don't know what other laws you've been breaking no just gotta swing in get a chicken strip basket after races you know you're hungry you know all them third place finishes i racked up back in the day Disclosure, RTS does not promote underage drinking. We do not uh, we do not promote driving while under the influence. If you do need a ride, call Sober Ride. JJ's Outpost Bar and Grill. Boom! Monday through Sunday. Bingo. 50-50. Meat raffles. Go. There. JJ's Outpost. New Richmond. Hit them up. Check them out. Facebook. World Wide Web. World Wide Web. Yeah. www.jj's Outpost Bar and Grill. Jack.com. And here on the nightcap can't really do it right now might have to get a sounder for this nothing better than a live action sounder you know we like to have fun it's tuesday fun day bro it's tuesday fun day tuesday fun day it's the best day i gotta pour one out you do for casey kane that was a hit casey kane former nascar driver been a world of outlaw team owner for many many years usac champion coming back full-time Running for Rookie of the Year of the World Outlaws. 
And by the way, that car is badass. Looking. It does look good. It's a good looking car. Very nice looking car. First weekend full time on the tour. Now, I mean, the K- Casey's ran races before with the LSS. And like, it's his first time. Right. But let's first full time season, first full time weekend ever as an outlaw. Man, that wreck was rough. Nasty hit going into turn four, jumps the right rear, hits the wall head on, nasty slap, whammy into the wall, a sudden stop. It was it was a bad one. It was bad. So I got I gotta pour one out for Casey Kane. Glad to see him walk away. Yeah. Assuming he's gonna be getting back, but he's probably thinking to himself, I'm doing this full time and it's only the first weekend. Right. Race three, junks a car. They don't they didn't even attempt to pull the backup car down for the feature, so FML. Yeah. They got this week this weekend off, and then they're back at the mag and the rev next weekend. So he's got plenty of time to heal up and get back uh get back up on that saddle. So you're pouring one out for Kane. I'm gonna take a shot for Alex Bowman. First time with the World of Outlaws, making his debut, puts it in the show all three nights. Bowman the showman. He was fast in qualifying, barely transferred through his heat race, had to run the B main once, but puts it in the show pretty damn cool for him. He's only made a couple 410 wing starts. I think they said seven last year. So pretty cool for him. And three different tracks all three nights. So right. that's that's even more impressive. So I'm taking a shot to Bowman, man. Cheers. Bowman the showman. Killed it. He did. Now he's back in the cup car. He'll be down at Daytona for the rest of the week. But like he said, you know, we kind of talked about it in uh, the interview with Tim. A lot of these guys are venturing outside of just stock car racing to get more laps because of Kyle Larson. Yeah, they're just tr- trying to get better. We saw Justin Haley in a modified at their car nationals, Matt Crafton. All sorts of different people are jumping around just trying to get laps to just, you know, make themselves sharper and quicker. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a more common or trend. Don't be surprised if you see more of this this summer. Kyle Larson has changed the game. He has. He's a game changer. Does Kyle Larson end the slump? Man, I hope so. Does he get a dual win Thursday? I, I, I'm not going to count that. I'm. It's not a feature. You know, we, we ain't counting B-mains. We're not counting heat race wins. You got to win the show. To be the show. Exactly. And he's still putting up an offer for the entire 2022 season, regardless of what he's been running. Like, it's, 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 he's in a slump. We're in the second month of the year. No wins. No wins. Not one trophy. I'm starting to worry. It's not good. It's seriously, like, if I'm, if I'm Mr. H... I'm. You know, I really got to sit back and reevaluate things. <laughs> if I'm Paul Silva, we need a team meeting. Yeah, we do. Yeah, something ain't right. What's What's going on here? They're just testing. Just test testing for the just dog wait, days of summer. Just wait until Phoenix and Knoxville. The only two races that matter to them. <laughs> <laughs> I got to win me a champ. Right. I don't matter. I raced all year. Yeah. I got two things to win. Knoxville Natties and a championship of Phoenix come the fall. That's it. They're testing. <laughs> testing for That's the, what you gotta say. So they're testing the sprint car for the next oh man, what, seven months? Yep. No, sorry, six months. Right. And they're testing the cup car. <laughs> they haven't even ran a race. Testing. For the next ten months. <laughs> we're test it's called practice. Yep, we're testing. Man, we talk about practice. Practice. Man, we talk about practice. Not a game, not a race. Practice. Practice. No, I mean, that's what they always say. You know, it's test until, you know, till special season. <laughs> and Special uh, season in NASCAR. That's the entire month of September through right. November. Oh, uh, just got to make her through. Daytona 500 on Saturday, or Saturday. Oh, have another one, dude. 
on Sunday. It's 95 calorie beers. Kick my ass. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's because your hand's cold because you don't have a slim can koozie. Uh, yeah, the RTS on back order <laughs> right now. 500 on Sunday. I, I don't know. I, not too much planned. I'm thinking, you know, we kind of did a little shindig for the Super Bowl. Maybe, you know, we, we get the, the crock pot back cooking. We're going to have to go get some more slim cans, get some goodies made up. Taylor killed it Super Bowl Sunday with the cheese bacon cheeseburger tater tot casserole. In a crock pot. My was, God. It was killer. So good. Very good. So good. We got to get a little spread going again. I think it's supposed to be like 35 on Sunday. Whoa. Get the pit boss. Sounds good to me. Sunday, 500. It's going to be wild. Kick off the NASCAR season. A very long NASCAR season. 36 more races, and I believe they said 38 weeks. Not a lot of time for the NASCAR guys. Not at all. It's, it's a grinding, grueling schedule, and I'm looking forward to it. Going to wrap it up here. Episode 68. And you know what follows number 68. 69? Next up, I'm going to just tell you all now. It's at no surprise. Episode 69 next week with the driver of the 69S, Johnny Lure, coming in studio. Reaction Time Sports. Talk about 2021, plans for 2022, what he's been up to this offseason. My guy, Johnny Lightning Lure. I look forward to talking to him. John's always a blast. Good guy to be around. Be exciting to see what his plans are for 2022. Absolutely. It's going to be a good one. Looking forward to that. Catch that one next week. But for now, that's going to do it here on episode 68 and the RTS Nightcap presented by JJ's Outpost Bar and Grill. like to give a shout out to all of our sponsors. TCB Speed North. Scott King Designs. As you just heard, JJ's Outpost Bar and Grill. Lightspeed Equipment. The Racing Insiders. DK Designs. Pretty Polish Junkie. Mueller Jewelers. And Taylor Jolin Photography, who I forgot to mention as tonight's feature event sponsor. I'm now in the doghouse. Hey, better than the outhouse. I'd rather be at the outpost. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Especially on Tuesday fun day. <laughs> Tuesday fun day, bro. There's 67 more of these bad boys that you can go listen to and have your ears bleed because you have to listen to me, Mike, Andrew, and Joey. And you can find them all on Apple Podcasts. Spotify. iHeartRadio. Google Podcasts. And our newest and funnest greatest adventure, TikTok. Go check it out. Like, share, subscribe. Beat them buttons. Hell yeah. We got three videos out there on TikTok, man. We have a little, we had a little, hey, this is RTS. We're coming for you type deal. Yeah, yeah, a little smoke, a little smog. It was it was pretty cool, it man. It was pretty good. Media department knocked it out, and then we had uh what would you call it? Like some cast members of the show yeah, also. Yeah, I don't I yeah, a couple of these random guys. They talk on microphones, you know, just wanted to put some maybe some names with or from some faces with the names exactly. that are associated with this show. Hundred percent. Uh so yeah, go and check those out. Uh they're pretty cool. Uh doing some of the TikTok trends, you know, trying to stay trying to stay hip cool with the with you the, know what the kids do yeah, exactly what the kids do so just you know trying to follow up like that facebook instagram twitter reaction time sports podcast like mike said like follow share smash those buttons we appreciate every single one of you that tune in and listen and follow us on our socials we cannot do it without you thank you each and every week for tuning into the reaction time sports podcast Episode 68, it's out the door, it's in the rearview mirror. We're going on to 69 next week, man. Sounds good, man. Can't wait. It's going to be a good one. RTS, route. See ya. You still here? It's over. Go.